Second Chronicles chapter 20. Remind you while you're turning, Jesus said in the same scriptures I quoted earlier from Matthew chapter 6, in the vein of what's already been said, he says to seek you first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It fits with who he is because his father said, I'll have no other gods before me. Nothing. Church, he'll have nothing before him. Matthew 6, he's telling you to lay up treasures in heaven. Then he tells you to take no thought for tomorrow, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, all these things that we seek after. He said, no, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. They're the additions, not the primary. Before we turn to Second Chronicles, I want to just kind of tell you in the maybe beginning next week, I think. Brazil is off the table for now. I haven't. That's uh, been postponed, maybe till January, February. And I'm at perfect peace with that because I've had something stirring for weeks, and wondered how I was going to fit it in with a travel schedule, with the urgency I feel for it now. I, I'm maybe by next week, depending on what I can get accomplished this week. I'll begin a, a, a weeks-long series on Sunday morning. How many of you know I've never done that? On affliction. You say, "Well, that sounds encouraging." <laughs> no, I, I think how we've missed. Really, the, the main ministry, I, I think I would be without contradiction in saying of what Jesus came for. The Bible says that for this cause the Son of Man was made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Acts chapter 5, we... we it's an interesting little passage. I'm not going to preach them all to you today, I promise. I've got other things. But he says, also a multitude from around the cities. It, it, well, let me just read it real quick. Acts 5. Don't turn there. We're not going to stay there very long. Acts 5. It says, and 14 says, and believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both men and women. And believers, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. And at the least, the shadow of Peter passed by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities of Jer about Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them that were vexed, afflicted, of unclean spirits. 
Peter preached at the house of Cornelius how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with this Holy Spirit and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We're going to begin, we'll do, we're going to preach on the spiritual warfare and what we're really up against. Something that's hardly ever touched because people are afraid of it and misunderstood, but it was the ministry of Jesus Christ. How many know our, we're in a spiritual warfare? The warfare is spiritual. You know what? One of the problems that we've taught for years that there's not a demon under every rock on every, and on every doorknob. You know what the problem with that is? I'll tell you what the problem with that, with that teaching is. The problem with that teaching is, is there's a demon under every rock and on every doorknob. That's the problem. That's the problem. Oh, I can see. That took your breath away. I'm just introducing what's coming. Think about how do we ever arrive at that point whenever Paul told us about the, the, our warfare? He said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? Does everybody quote that? Everybody believes that? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood? But against what? Principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Jive what we've been taught with what Paul just said. Hello? You can't, you, you can't, you can't reconcile it. What did Jesus say he come for when he began to quote in Isaiah, from Isaiah in Luke chapter 4, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. He said that I might preach deliverance to the captive. Set it, set, to, to open the eyes of the blind. To set at liberty, to set free. Read the book of Mark. I'm preparing you for what's coming. It's, it's good. It'll be, it'll be the most comprehensive thing I've ever preached. We're going to deal with every one of them. Do you know that the, that the New Testament names at least 16 spirits that we deal with by name? Spirit of jealousy. Spirit of offense. A lying spirit. A perverse spirit. Spirit of haughtiness. A spirit of heaviness. Spirit of whoredoms. Spirit of infirmity, the spirit, a deaf and dumb spirit, a spirit of bondage, a spirit of fear, seducing spirits, spirit of antichrist, spirit of error, spirit of poverty, spirit of death. We have teenagers and young adults killing themselves at a rate that we've never seen before. Spirit of death. 
spirit of divination, familiar spirits. And yet, the church is silent. The people are in bondage, and the church is silent. We don't have any problems believing that people are dealing with demons in Africa. Everybody would say, yeah! We don't have any problems believing that the Native American tribes were dealing with wicked spirits. Everybody said, yeah! We just don't think we do. The battle is spiritual. You say, preacher, you're out there again. I'm going to tell you, I intend to stay out there. Yeah, I intend to stay out there. I will not touch anything that I can't back up at with absolute certainty with the Word of God. Because I'm going to tell you, the things of God and the people of God are not weird. Man, I, I didn't even tell that about this, the Holy Ghost, you know, the Holy Spirit. You know, people think the Holy, the Holy Spirit is weird. Holy Spirit's not weird, people are. They do crazy things in His name. He's not weird. He's God. And He's powerful. Read the book of Mark. You'll find out that, that, that the immediate ministry of Jesus everywhere he went was the demonic realm met him and knew him. They had never been challenged before. Do you know that? Read the, read the old, not one time, not one, not one time, from Genesis to Malachi, not one time was one person delivered from an evil spirit. Not one. The first mention is in Leviticus. And then all the way through, not one person was ever set free. Now I ask you a question. In light of that, what do you think in the world he meant when it says, for this purpose, for this cause, the Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. What did they marvel over? They didn't, they didn't marvel over that he knew the word. They didn't marvel over the, the, the things that he said. It said they marveled because he taught as one with authority. Coming up, coming soon to a pulpit near you. Some people in this house are even saying, I've heard about you people. I say this every week. I've never experienced this. I've heard about you people. It makes me nervous. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure I belong here, but I'm, I'm here again. And the reason you're here is because everything you tried was dead and didn't work. You've tried it all. Your denomination left you cold and hopeless and afflicted with the same problems. Oh, I've heard about you people. I just don't know. Well, 
You've tried it all. I don't know about you, preacher. Scott, I've gone, I've, I've made a decision. David Wilkerson used to say he's never really seen anybody do much for God until they got just a little radical. Well, I'm just a little radical. But 100% scriptural. I won't bring you in. You should know by now I'll not bring you anything that I can't lay the word to correctly and in context. How many of you know that I live in a world where I don't know what to do? I'm in Second Chronicles now. Do you know what to do? Do you know what to do? You look at the economy and the political situation. Do you know what to do? I don't. I hear parents weekly with their children say, I don't know what to do. Weekly. Multiple times a week. I don't. How many would be frank? We always want you to be honest. So how many of you would be frank? That you find yourself, whether it be with your children, your job, your, your relationships, whatever. It doesn't matter. How many of you find yourself often, whether out loud or internally, thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. That's why you're here listening to a guy that you think gets in my face too much and challenges me too hard because you don't know what to do. I don't know what to do either unless I go to the Word of God. Unless I go to Him in a spirit of prayer. Unless I lay it before Him, church, I do not know what to do. Even on the things that I begin, that I've done for a long time, and I think, well, I'll do that again. And it doesn't work, or it fails, or it blows up. Have you ever done that? Things that worked forever, that no longer work. Why? We didn't ask. We're dependent on our human reasoning, our human wisdom. We're, 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 we're going with our knowledge. Say, I, that's, that's the reason that the church world no longer works. It's because it's dependent on human knowledge. I say things that, listen to me carefully so you don't hear something I don't say. Because, frankly, I'm always reading, I'm always studying. I would love to have a higher degree of education all the time. So we're not against knowledge. My people perish. Why? From a lack of knowledge. We're not against knowledge. But I told a missionary just yesterday, in a very difficult place, and I could see his eyes half glaze over, if you want to be frank. Frank gets a lot of things. You get to be frank and... Yeah, I, I don't know who Frank is. But you know what we're talking about. There are things that are not going to happen on the mission field, in the local church, 
and in your family, my family, your situation on your job if we don't understand what Paul said to the Corinthian church. What I told that missionary is I'll start in the middle. I'll, start, I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you the, the key up front. I'll give you the punchline. Are you ready? If we don't have a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. You want to know why you left your church and you come to the one that makes you nervous? Because you, because you figured out that enticing words of men's wisdom held nothing for you. Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. He was a smart man. An educated man. One of the most highly educated men in all of Israel. He was a Jew of Jews, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the letters of the law. No one anywhere knew more about the Word of God than Paul. And he said, I didn't come to you with that. He said, I come to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He said, it won't be enticing words of men's wisdom. He said, it will be with a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. And it was then and it is today. There will be nothing accomplished in this world, in this church world, on this planet, in this church, in your home, unless there be a demonstration of the power and the spirit of the Spirit of God nothing will change when you go to the book of Acts it was when the Spirit came in Isaiah even in the Old Covenant he was he was wretched and couldn't go and proclaim this great prophecy but it says that he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And it said that an angel came and took a live coal from off the altar and touched it to his mouth. And the cleansing, the, the fire, the, the, the foreshadow of the power and the cleansing of the Holy Spirit. And then he could go. Samson had nothing. We think he was at Planet Fitness working out and had great strength. But the Word of God says that the Spirit of the Lord came on him at times. Whenever Elijah had great demonstrations of power followed by Elisha that doubled it, it was when the Spirit of God came on them. There was a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. And Jesus told the church when he prophesied of the coming Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, he said, he has been with you, but he shall be in you. Church, we've got to have a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. I don't know what to do. Romans
passage tells us when I don't know what to do, when I don't know how to pray as I ought, he said the Spirit of God will pray in me and through me with groanings and utterances that cannot be understood. And when he does it, he will pray the perfect will of God in my situation when I don't know what to do. He will demonstrate his power through prayer in you. When I don't know what to do and I don't know what to do. Second Chronicles chapter 20. You find Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Just a chapter earlier, he's with Ahab, the king of the northern kingdom of Israel, husband of Jezebel, the wicked queen that gets all the credit. I'll go ahead and tell you that it had never been a Jezebel if there hadn't have been an Ahab. Jezebel, Ahab was the king. He was the one with the authority. He was the one that was God, uh, of God's people. She was a heathen. They ruled through manipulation and intimidation and scheme. They're under attack from every direction. Ahab's with Jehoshaphat and he says, let's dress up. You dress, we'll dress up and we'll go separate ways and I'll go and we'll distract them. We're running, they were running a, uh, a, a, a dummy, a, 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 a scheme, trying to get him to escape. And it worked for a little bit. They, they chased after the guy dressed like the king. There's the king, let's go. But it wasn't the king and they figured it out. And Ahab thought he had had it done. And it says that a random soldier drew his bow randomly and just shot into the air. Y'all know what says that? Randomly. Not aiming at anybody. You ever, you, ever fired, you, you ever drew a bow and just let it fly? I have. My brother did one time. What goes up must come down. My brother did that one time. Compound bow, straight up. Come down in the middle of my dad's brand new GMC pickup, right in the hood. <laughs> right in the hood. Point down. <laughs> Straight through it. The soldier of one of the bites. You know, there's lots of bites in the word Moabites and Hittites. And, uh, one of the bite soldiers drew back and fired says they fired randomly in Ahab's scheme. And it says that random arrow came down and found a place between the, between the layers, the scales of Ahab's armor. Randomly. The prophet had already said, you're going to die in battle. Ahab had made his escape. Randomly. A soldier fires. And that arrow tip found its way between his armor and they propped him up for a little while but it said at sundown Ahab died that's what happens when you don't know what you're doing and you try to figure it out 
That's what happens when you, when you try to come up with your own plan of escape in your own way, your own fight. Randomly. What he meant to say was an arrow on assignment. Took Ahab out. You can find all that in Second Chronicles 18 and 19 if you'd like to read later. This book has a lot in it. In verse 20 it says, in verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared, see they were coming after him now, and set himself, oh listen to the difference, hear me church. It says the, Mo, says the, Mo, the children of Moab and Ammon, they were set there, setting themselves now against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat feared. In verse 3, and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. And Jehoshaphat stood. Somebody say he stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, Oh Lord! God of our fathers, are you not the God of heaven? And, you, and rule not you over all the kingdoms of the heathen. And in your hand is there not power and might, so that one is able to not one is so that one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? Did you not drive the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend forever? He's praying powerfully. Verse 11, he says, Behold, this is, this is Jehoshaphat, Behold, I say how they reward us to come and cast you out of, of your possession which you have given us to inherit. Listen to this. You ready? Verse 12 says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that now stands before us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Our God. Give me, let, me, let me give you some JRV. God, won't you help us? We don't, we don't have the power the might, the organization, the army, the strength, the know-how. We do not have what we need to come against this great army that comes against us. I don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. No wonder the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the God who made heaven and who made earth. Church, I don't know what to do. I don't have the strength and neither do you. 
eyes are upon him. My eyes are upon him. When you don't know what to do, raise your gaze to the one who made it all. When I don't know what to do, wash your hands and cleanse your heart. He said, who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in this holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. In verse 15, it says, Thus says the Lord. They've prayed, they've asked. They fasted. They've acknowledged that they don't know what to do. I'll remind you that this word says that it's in my weakness. That it's in my weakness. Somebody hear me that it's in my weakness that I'm made strong. They've asked, he says, thus saith the Lord. Are you ready? Hearken you, Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, in verse 15, thus saith the Lord. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I feel surrounded often about to be overran often but I've set my eyes upon him. And he would say the same to us today. Do not be afraid. Neither be dismayed. It's what he said to Joshua when they crossed the Jordan. After 40 years in the wilderness, do not be afraid, neither be dismayed. For every Place that the sole of your foot touches will be yours. Be of good courage, he says. See, church, the battle is not ours. We're in the spiritual fight, but our weapons are not carnal, they're not fleshy. I don't have the plan, I don't have the means, I don't have the way. But I know who does, and my eyes are up on him. I don't know how Mag will be everything that we've been called to be, everything that we've been prophesied to be. I don't know, but I know who does. Be not fearful, neither be 
dismayed. He said, that's old covenant. I don't know about that. I'll remind you that New Testament says that God has, talking about spirits, that God has not given us a spirit. Do you understand that when he calls it a spirit, that it's exactly what he means? God has not given us a spirit of fear. God didn't give you that. Come on, somebody. God did not put that in you. No, I could start messing and rattling change right now because it says, it says God has not given you a spirit of fear. That didn't come from God, but I, how many of you have ever had a spirit of fear? The rest of you are either asleep or not telling the truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start early, not next week. I'm going to challenge you right now. I thought Christians didn't deal with demon spirits. God has not given you a spirit of fear. What is he saying? He's saying, that's not for me. You're dealing with it, but you didn't get it from me. Do you know that when the word talks about spirits, that it's talking about spirits? And it's all spiritual. You know that you, your, your need was spiritual. When you got saved, the need was spiritual. And it was a spirit that brought you to Christ. Do you know that? It was a spirit. It was a, a spirit of truth. That guides you into all truth. And the spirit of truth has a proper name. And it's Holy Spirit. God has not given you a spirit. A spirit of fear. But a spirit of power. Now I happen to know that's the Holy Spirit. Because Acts 1 and 8 says you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, spirit of love. How do I know that that's a spirit? Because the, Bible, the word tells me that God is love. Not has love, will give you love. God is love. So God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power, spirit of love, the spirit of, you're going to say King James, sound mind, and that's right, but what it, the modern day translation would be a spirit of self-control. Boy, I just can't help myself. You're right, you can't. But when you, <laughs> I can't open that can of worms and tell you that's a different spirit when you can't control yourself. That's, right. that's called, uh, that's a spirit of rebellion. I don't know if that picked up or not. But Can I ask a question? Man, I, I'm previewing. How many of you ever, maybe you said, I'll just say I've said it. 
It always seems to help. I've said it. And I've meant it. I've been there. I'm helping you. Man, I was in there and they got, they, somebody did whatever. You just fill in the blanks. Your whatever will work. Man, I just felt, now listen. Listen to these words. You ready? You ready? I don't know what happened. I just felt something come all over me. Should I just walk out the door now? <laughs> this is why they don't give me a handheld mic, because if I had a handheld mic, I'd have just dropped it. Are you hearing me? Now, I got to know, because so, sometimes I don't like being alone. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm, you, you say, oh, well, I just felt something come all over me. I thank God that the vast majority of the time anymore when I say, I just felt something come all over me, it's usually that spirit of power that comes up and says, I ain't putting up with that anymore. The word says. See, the spirit of God was for power, for boldness, for a, we for a witness. It says God has not given you a spirit of, of fear. That's not him. But a spirit of power, spirit of love, it says, but of power, love, and a sound mind, I want you to understand, go read it, go figure it. It's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love. It's a spirit of self-control. And it's all the Holy Spirit. See, when it's the works of the flesh that manifest, that's not from God. But when it's the fruit of the Spirit that manifests, Oh, I've done lost you. Galatians chapter 5, let's look at it. Galatians chapter 5. Y'all got to quit getting nervous at 12.05. Mags never gets out at noon. You come to church knowing that. You already know it. Guess what? It never will. We can either back up to 10 o'clock and start Sunday school at, at 9 and church at 10, or we can stay till 12.30. Up to you. I don't, ha I don't have much... It doesn't bother me too bad when people sit through 18 innings of baseball last, last week <laughs> and think you've got a bonus. Yeah? Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and temperance, which is what? Self-control. 
God's not given us a spirit of power or fear, but of power, of love, self-control. What are we talking about this morning, church? I'm bringing us to the place that we know. It's really a place of humility. We keep going back to that. It's a place of understanding, it's a place of humility, and it's the place that God wants you in. It's not a place, it's not a place of weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. But when I'm weak in my flesh, I'm strong. When I come up with plans and schemes, a random arrow will find the joints in my armor. And it will strike you in the heart. It can strike a fatal blow. I look at the world around me today and I think, I don't know what to do. That's why I say, it don't matter if we have to go to a meeting in Florida. We're meeting tonight and we're praying at five o'clock. Because I don't know what to do. But my eyes are upon him. I don't know. I, I, there's things I... Can I tell you just real quickly? You're not going to think these things are spiritual, but they are. When I look at a full school and full Sunday school rooms, even though I'm fussing for the last few weeks because people have got complacent, stomach bugs over. <laughs> We're maxed out. I don't know what to do. I don't even know if you realize it or not, but do you know that three and a half years ago when I got here, I was the only full-time staff at this church? Jason, Brandon, very limited, part-time, part-time. Well, part-time pay, you understand. There's no such thing as a part-time preacher, just part-time pay. I don't know if y'all get that or not, probably don't. <laughs> part-time extremely limited part-time part-time three days a week Melissa's not here but part-time cleaning three years ago so that's one, two, three, four, five one full-time four that combine wouldn't be another full-time. As far as pay goes, they were here a lot more than that. Today, three and a half years later, this church, this ministry has 14 staff members. 10, 12 of the 14 full-time. You say, what are you talking about? Stick with me. Board members can verify that 
I don't know what to do. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. But what I'm saying, why, why am I saying all that for? Now, if I'd have told you three and a half years ago that three years from now we'll be running three times the attendance, have 14 full-time staff members, the budget will be whatever, double, triple, whatever it is, start a school, all that, you would have, you would have laughed at me, said that that guy's nuts, sent me packing down the road and brought in the next candidate. I want, really, right? But that's what we'd have said. <laughs> Me too. I'm bringing you to the end. I, I, it's not a plea. It's, the plea is to, let's go to God. I don't know what to do. We have a mandate from heaven over this church. And I, we're, we're maxed out everywhere. And I cannot add one more thing to one more person's plate on this staff. I can't do it. We are stretched all the way to our absolute breaking point. But we're just at the beginning of what God would have us do. I've got to have an associate. I, I didn't come to more. I promise you, I didn't bring you to a point to, to, to get the board out here. I'm, I, that's not what this is about. This is about the reality of Calvin. I don't know what to do. But I know what we've been called to do. I know what we've been commissioned to do. I know we've got to have facilities. I know I've got to have uh, more staff. We can't do any, we can't, literally cannot do one more thing than we're already doing. Without it, I don't know what to do. But my eyes are upon Him. My eyes are upon Him. And all I've, I, I, I've spoke to your life today, I have no doubt that I've spoken to your situation, that you've, in a, you've came to places that I just don't know what to do. And to cause you to realize that that's a pretty good place to be. It's a pretty good place to be to not know what to do if you will go to him. It's a pretty good place to be if you'll say, I just don't have any idea what I'm going to do. But my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. And that has to be where we live at. As a body of believers, as a pastor, but beyond all of that, Take all the church stuff off the table. That's where you have to be personally. Dad, that's where you have to lead your family. Mom, if you're in the lead of your family for circumstances, wonderful. That's where you have to be. I don't know what to do. Stop listening to the, to the people at work. They're not even saved. They don't know what they're talking about. Stop listening to them. They're not, you cannot get godly advice from a heathen. It's not possible. Quit running to everything else. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do it. If they're a heathen, there's not one pit. You don't even need to ask them what they want for lunch. You won't like it. You ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. You think that, that's kind of funny, but it's just right as close to true as you can get. They have nothing to offer you spiritually no advice they can give you is for you because they haven't asked God 
Yeah, I'm that radical. I'm that radical. They have nothing. They know nothing of your situation or nothing about how to receive an answer. Nothing. Quit running to them. Quit running to them. Call it. Call your home to a place of prayer. Call your family to a place of fasting. Call your, place, call your people to a place together where you can say, I don't know what to do. But my eyes are upon you. I'm going to go to verse 20 as we're closing. Because I love it. It gets right here. They prayed. They've asked. God's told them what to do. It says, and Jehoshaphat stood. I remind you that Paul said, having done all, stand. It says, and Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and then inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted the people and appointed the singers and that they should praise the, be the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, why do you think sometimes I say, get out, stop, we ain't starting until you sing, until you praise. Hello? And when they began to sing, and they be, when they began, not when they began to sing in praise. Hear me. When they began to sing in praise, not before, not until. When they began, see, we want something to sing in praise about. They had nothing more than they had when they were saying, crying out to God, I don't know what's going on and what to do. Hear me? They had nothing more. They had nothing more but the Word of God that had said what to do. That's all they had. And they began to sing, and they began to pray. And the Bible says, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon and Moab, and Mount Seir, which they come against Judah, and they were smitten. There's a great army coming against us. Everybody get the planes, everybody get the aircraft carriers, everybody get the tanks, everybody get the rocket-propelled grenades, everybody get it, everybody get it, everybody, we're going to war. That's man's wisdom. God said, get the praisers in the choir. Tell them to put on their best. Put them out front. And tell them to sing. And tell them to praise. That'll never work. When they begin to sing, and when they begin to praise, it says the Lord set ambushes. You know what that means? They killed their self. It says when they got there, there was nothing but corpses. Nothing but corpses. All of them. And it said it took them three days, four days, to pick up the spoils. 
Stand with me. You say, that's a great story. We got to start understanding that it's not, it's not a story, it's an account. It's not a story, it's an account. And it was meant for you to understand that our human wisdom and our figuring and our logic and what worked before means nothing today. I don't know what to do. But when God tells you, all I can buy is tell you I don't know what to do, Brandon. But when God tells you, it's real simple. When God tells you, it will work. That's what you waited all this time for. When you seek him, when God tells you, it will work. Father, I thank you for your word. All over this house, thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that I can go to you. Lord, I, as the pastor of this church today, I will lead the charge to say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know. But my eyes are upon you. Quickly and instantly, if that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, find your way to the front right now. Come on, find your way to the front right now. If that's you, if that's you, I don't know what to do. Come on. If you've got to leave, let's leave reverently, quietly. I don't know what to do. Don't tell me, tell him. Tell him. You're going to have to go to him. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to do with that boy. I don't know what I'm going to do with that boss. I don't know what I'm going to do with my financial situation. I don't know what I'm going to do with that hell and torment that's going on in my home with my children. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. If that's you, tell him. That's why we're here, church. This is why we're here. Tell him. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. Can you tell him? Use your mouth. Use your mouth. Use your words. I don't know what to do. But my eyes are upon you.